0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local community and a great place for any entrepreneur to stop by if they're just looking to learn more about the franchising and entrepreneurial field. Today's topic is gonna be episode one of two on the subject of the last step in the research process, in the due diligence process, when you're looking at a quality franchise organization. So it's the final research step, as you can see on our slides here, and that's visiting with the franchisor. What we're talking about is when somebody has been in the research process going through due diligence, with a franchise opportunity, perhaps starting with more than one, but you've narrowed it down in all likelihood to one, and your due diligence is coming to an end. Oftentimes, typically, some kind of face-to-face or at least virtually face-to-face visit with the franchise or team, ideally at the franchise or headquarters, is this last step. That's That's what it is comprised of. You'll hear it referred to as a confirmation day, a meet the team day, a discovery day, all different terms for the same thing. I've often argued that discovery day might not be the greatest name for it because you're not necessarily discovering anything new. You're affirming things or confirming things that uh, you and they have already learned about each other. But regardless, you've been in discussion with them for months, you've learned a lot, and you're getting to the end of this process. So I wanna speak to you today uh, as somebody who's been experienced as a franchisor, as a franchisee, and as a third-party franchise broker consultant and try to give you some perspective on what to expect, tips and best practices, having been involved in, having lived in all of the shoes that we're gonna talk about here today. Now, hopefully to this point, if you're researching a franchise opportunity and you get here, it's felt like it's been a mutual interview. Nobody's selling anybody anything. The franchisor is looking to see if you're a match for them and vice versa. You're looking to see if they're a match for you. So where we are now is we're at the final interview. No different than if you're interviewing for a job, trying to figure out, can we get into a business marriage together, right? Franchise agreements on average in the U.S. are 10-year legally binding agreements. So can we get into a 10-year long business agreement, which by the way, is longer than most marriages in the U.S., if you follow statistics on that. Now, first of all, if you get to this step, it may or may not be virtual in today's world, right? So we're post-pandemic. But if the step, whether virtual or in person, is not a requirement and is not something the franchise talks about, that's a yellow flag. You need to understand more about why is it that they don't want to meet and break bread with you allow you to have conversations with key executives in the organization, perhaps people that you haven't had conversations with, no matter how small or large the franchise. So I say it's a yellow flag because there may be some reasonable explanations for why they don't require this last step. As you've gone through the research process over the months, maybe it's been many months, maybe it's been a longer process than usual, nine or 12 months, and you've already met in person. Perhaps they've come into your market where you want to start a business and had conversations with you. Um, Maybe you already know each other. Is this a situation where you're a friend of the founder, for example? So if it's something like that, some exception, then, then maybe it's not as important and I wouldn't consider it a requirement and I wouldn't even consider it a yellow flag. But if you don't have any of those unique exceptions, then it's probably a red flag. Why is it, do you want to get into business with somebody that you haven't met in person? at least virtually to make sure you've met the key people that you would be collaborating with and they would be supporting you and they would be leading the organization that you're thinking about joining. So let's get into some tips, assuming that you are having this meet the team or confirmation or discovery day. And from this point, I'm just gonna call it the visit. First of all, if they're inviting you to this visit, they're 90 plus percent, 90% or higher sure that they wanna get into business with you, but they've gotta make certain of that. And that's how you should feel as well. You really need to think hard about accepting an invitation to one of these visits. If you're not at least 90% sure, if you're not a nine out of 10 on, I wanna move forward with these folks. So in other words, that term discovery day again is a bit of a misnomer because you've discovered already most of the key information you're gonna need to make this big life-changing decision. And now it's just a matter of affirming a lot of that, maybe learning a few new things, but there's probably not going to be anything earth shattering at this visit. It's reaffirming, it's getting comfortable with each other. So for this final interview, both parties do truly need to put their best foot forward. And you do too, if you're the visitor, you need to understand that they don't have to say yes to you at this point. And a good disciplined franchise who cares about their brand won't say yes to you if you don't put your best foot forward and vice versa. That's true. If you don't see that they're, they don't need to roll up the red carpet for you. It doesn't need to be a dog and pony show. But you need to see that you're able to validate in person what you've heard from them all along during this visit, you and anybody else that's along with you. And everybody should be putting their authentic foot forward. You're about to invest a lot of money. So are they, by the way. You're about to invest a lot of time, and this is the culmination of a lot of time. So this isn't the time to make sacrifices and say, well, it's going to be okay. You've got to show them who you truly are. Don't try to pretend that you're somebody that you're not. Don't try to pretend that you're a financial whiz if you're not a financial whiz. Show them that you have the capacity to surround yourself with the right people to make a business work. But if they're going to approve you and say yes and offer you a franchise, make sure that they're offering that to the person that you really are, to the business professional that you really are. And be disciplined about the fact that, yeah, you or they or both of you may still have to say no. There might be something that comes up during that visit, particularly if it's the first time face-to-face, where one or both of you realize this isn't a match. This isn't going to work. And as I say here on the slide, it's a whole lot less pain to figure that out and being honest with yourself and with them about that at this point than it is after everybody's legally obligated to move forward and be in business together. Speaking of the legal review, to get to that 90 plus percent, you should be prepared and you should be proactive. And that includes having a real experienced franchise attorney review the franchise agreement. It's probably not a requirement. There are some franchises that might requirement, but very few. But they do want to make sure that you understand what you're reading in that franchise agreement. And it is legalese. Yes, it's true. Those agreements can't be negotiated per se because they have to treat every one of their franchise owners the same. But you need to make sure that you have the peace of mind and that you've developed any questions based upon feedback that you're getting from a legal mind that understands these franchise agreements. Same thing goes with the financing plan. If you don't understand how you're going to fund this business, how you're going to finance it, don't expect them to approve you. Now, ideally you're going to have a pre-qualification or a pre-approval in hand, no different than you're prepared to buy that house if it goes on the market. And yeah, there's competition. You know, m- Most franchises, these are protected territories that you're hoping to be awarded. Uh, protected means only one person gets it, and there could be other people at that visit or at an upcoming visit who would get that franchise if they're more prepared. So that financing plan, coming in the door ready and showing that you're ready financially, matters. That does not mean there's plenty of ways to get that done without actually taking out a loan, for example, or without starting that home equity line of credit or whatever you're going to use to fund the business. It just means that you're prepared, you understand what it's going to take, and you know how long it's going to take to trigger it. Now, if you're talking with somebody with an advisor who's helping you through the research on the franchise or a team, or a franchise broker consultant like myself, you'll be prepared for that. You'll know this information. But come prepared for it. It shows them that you're ready and decisive and know how to make informed decisions. If you don't have a plan yet, yeah, it's a disservice to yourself. And it's going to create some apprehension for them. Do they really want to award a territory that they're stuck with you for at least 10 years? Do they want to award that if they're not sure that it's not going to bleed you. Will you have the capital actually build this business? So don't be offended if they ask for that even before the visit. That means they're being responsible about stewarding you as a future franchisee. And as I said, ideally, there's a pre-qualification in hand. Be prepared with lots of inquisitive and probing questions for them. This is not the time to worry about offending somebody. Be diplomatic in how you're asking your questions, but it's no different than other business interactions or interviews that you've been in. A good franchisor is going to appreciate tough, probing questions. It's like being in an interview, right? The one answer that you don't give when they ask if you have questions is, no, I don't really have any questions. Even if you've asked that same question of other people in their organization, If it's an important one and you're asking somebody new, like an executive that you haven't met yet, ask it again. Compare and contrast the responses. Ask them what questions you should be asking or what questions they get concerned when people don't ask. Or what were the questions that their top performers asked at this stage? Those are all good ideas for generating good discussion and getting more authentic responses from people when you're face-to-face with them. So it is the final research step. And as I said, hopefully it's going to be an in-person visit. Uh, In this post-pandemic world, it's not always required. Uh, Franchisors will try to be understanding uh, if there's some kind of health issue in your home, for example, and you don't want to travel. But um, recording this at the end of 2022 and knowing that things are different in different states still, assume that it's going to be an in-person visit. And wherever humanly possible, unless there's a dramatic health reason not to, you should really want to do the face-to-face visit. Big, big life decision. If there's a partner or significant other that's involved or more than one that's involved in this decision with you, make sure they come. The or if they're a good one, they're really going to insist on it, if not require it. And I can tell you, even if they don't insist on it, uh, they use that in their judgment of you as a candidate group if everybody doesn't come. You can't blame them, right? They wanna know, hey, you might be the key operating person and the whole plan in your partnership agreement or in your marriage is that you're gonna be one running day to day, right? But they know if something happens, first of all, by state law, if something happens to you, you win the lottery, you go off the deep end, uh, whatever. Sadly, health issues come up. Uh, that partner, that spouse, becomes the owner operator that they have to deal with. So you can't blame them for wanting those people to be there. And if it means you need to delay a visit in order to make it feasible for everybody to come, then do it, it's worth it. And when you're talking with that spouse or that business partner who says, oh, I trust you, I know you're gonna make the right decision for us. Remember that you're getting judged on that. So share that with the spouse and with that business partner that actually this could impact our ability to be awarded this territory. And if we're already 90 plus percent sure, that's the threshold, then this could have a real impact on your ability. Don't be surprised. I've seen it happen many times. They might even require an additional visit. Sometimes that's the best way to do it. Let's say spouses and the other spouse just can't make it, right? There's some business obligation that can't be worked around, but you need to make it there soon because there's other people that are vying for this territory. You might be able to stagger the visits a good franchisor who's sincerely interested in you as a candidate group, they'll try to be understanding and flexible on that. And if it just can't work out for some reason, maybe it wasn't meant to be. So let's talk about expectations as we're wrapping up episode one of this two episode series on the final visit to the franchisor. The brass tacks of what to expect. Typically these visits look like a one and a half to two day uh, commitment of time between you and them. So understand that going in. Now, if there was some kind of in-person visit before, maybe it's abbreviated from this, right? Maybe somebody came out and spent time with you. And so now this is a half day or, a, or one full day visit. There may be other candidates present. And that's a good thing. Now, as I say here in the bullet points, possibly there's candidates for the same territory. That can be a little bit unnerving. But again, you've, you've got to do yourself the favor of being yourself don't try to be somebody that you're not just to overcome what you think are the strengths of another candidate look at it at the end of the day as hey got other people asking questions that you might forget to ask you can build off of each other you know what maybe you'll get fortunate and even if there was somebody vying for the same exact territory maybe something will work out where you become neighbors instead of one of you wins and one of you loses But either way, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. And the other candidates present are something that you should just expect, right? And the franchisor, thinking back to when I was in these shoes, they want to see you interacting with other business professionals that aren't them, right? And they're paying attention to the side conversations. For many of them, the most important thing is if there's a dinner or a lunch, a social event, that's where they're really paying the most attention. Paying attention to your emotional intelligence, how you interact with other business people, because that's their best way of knowing how are you going to perform out there in the marketplace. Remember, they're thinking about giving up the brand presence that they may have spent their whole life building, certainly the founder. They're thinking about giving that up and putting it in your hands. So they're paying very close attention. They're paying attention to what you say to the receptionist when you walk in. They're paying attention to what you say and how you treat the assistants. They might even be... be, paying attention to treating the people at the hotel that's near their office and you're staying at. Expect that you're talking to senior VPs, CFO, CEO, senior vice presidents, et cetera, VPSs. Apparently I made a typo in here. I don't know that that really exists. <laughs> vice president of services. I don't know. Repeat prior questions. I put this on here because, so maybe you've you've probably been talking with one individual in the organization to this point, right? They've been navigating you through, or a couple of people. You've asked them a lot of questions, maybe even two or three times. Now you're meeting new people. Ask them the same questions if they're important ones. It's okay. So even though that VP knows, hey, he probably asked Bob that question two or three times. If it's an important one, like what do you see as the future of this industry? or as I'm putting down here for, A founder or a CEO, what's your exit strategy from this business? Or what's your organization's exit strategy? Those questions are fair game. If they're uncomfortable with it for some reason, they'll tell you. But you have to be able to have hard conversations with them because it won't be the last hard conversation you have with them. And they know that. It does tie to you know asking these and repeating these prior questions that you've asked before. Um, those strong probing questions are important ones. Don't just ask the fluff questions. If they can't handle it, well, that's something you need to know, right? If they don't know how to respond to it, hey, you know they don't have the answer to every question. That might be a good thing, meaning they're not pretending that they know everything. But if they're answering questions, especially VPs and executives in the C-suite, if they're answering questions by saying we're really evaluating multiple angles on that. And here's the different things that are gonna impact it. And we're trying to keep a vision on the short term and the long term. Those are the types of things you wanna hear, right? No different than if you were in interviewed to, to lead an organization. The SWOT analysis, strengths, weas- weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, right? What does it look like? They might not have the whole thing memorized, but these are these questions are fair game. Trust me, they're gonna ask you some very insightful probing questions. So be ready to reciprocate. Perhaps some franchisee involvement. So there, if it's feasible for, for this visit, you might have a chance to speak with additional or even visit additional franchisees. So if there are franchisees that are in the same market where you're making the visit to the headquarters, uh, you may have a chance to interact with other franchisees. So be ready to repeat some of those franchisee questions. And when the franchise or representatives aren't standing there, you can get into the, some of those questions. As long as you do it diplomatically, the franchisors can't answer. You know, so things like how long did it take you to get to break even? Franchisors, your franchise consultant or broker, we all can't answer those questions. The local franchisees can. Just make sure you're bringing it up diplomatically. And then, yes, the breaking the bread socially, that's literally where we're going to wrap this uh, first of the two episodes, because when you're interacting with the franchisor and the visitors, it's also important for you. Make sure that you're paying attention to the people that are the rest of the brand and the people that could be the future of the brand with you. So if you were to visit with a whole bunch of yahoos and it's the majority of the people in you, what does that say about whether or not they're being really cautious about who gets into their franchise system? If you are to visit with a bunch of very thoughtful, like-minded professionals who seem to be there for the right reason, you can pull a lot of good information out of your discussions with them and you start building relationships that are going to be franchisee to franchisee peer relationships down the road in all likelihood. And that's a real positive. That's a value to you. And, of course, the franchisor. Grade them the same way as they're grading you. How are they interacting socially? Do they have that kind of You know, it's the old saying about um, how people behave when nobody's looking. Pay attention to the quiet moments and how they're interacting with other people around them that says a lot about their leadership. Are they just a manager of people or are they the leader of an organization? If they're a leader of an organization, that's the organization you wanna join. So on that note, we're gonna stop the first of these two episodes on that final step of due diligence in franchise research, which is the franchisor visit. I wanna thank you for being with us for this first of two episodes. And remember, don't keep this stuff a secret. Use the QR code on our screen if you have questions And of course, share, follow, and subscribe to our podcast on the Heartland Franchise Guide. Thanks for listening to this first of two episodes, and we look to see you back here real soon for episode number two. Ahura Media Production.